Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Intuitive Kids podcast. Friends, I have a very special friend myself. Her name is Kathy Kerr, and Kathy has gone through my Angel Reiki school. She's been in my Angel membership. She's also been a teacher. She is a retired teacher, uh, having worked as a teacher for decades, and she is going to be helping me from time to time with episodes for the Intuitive Kids podcast. She's going to be doing some interviews So please join me in welcoming Kathy Kerr to the Intuitive Kids Podcast. I really hope that you enjoy her episodes. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Intuitive Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Kerr. I am so excited to have Shelly Fuller on the show today. Shelly and I have worked closely for over five years. I like to call her the Amicula Queen. Shelly has a master's in social work and is a school social work providing counselor, providing counseling services to over 400 second and third graders daily in the classroom, small group and individually. With more than 20 years experience in mental health services, she is focused on helping little people with big feelings or what we big people call self-regulation. One of her dreams is seeing a paradigm shift swing towards more social and emotional learning in the educational system. Welcome, Shelly. Thanks, Kathy. I'm so excited to be in Mrs. Kerr's classroom again. <laughs> well, thank you, Shelly. Today, we want to touch a little bit on feelings and kids. And so, Shelly, you work a lot with that in, our, in the classroom setting and individually. So I'll let you take it away. All righty. I know I'm, I, um, let's see, I've been at this school for about eight, this will be my eighth year. And I think it was really over the last three years. And for sure last year and after the pandemic where I went, little people really can't self-regulate or learn to manage a big feeling until they actually know what a feeling is. So that's now where my passion is. I just think of feelings as all of that is the foundation to a house. Like we can't teach them by just saying, calm down and put a window up if you don't have the foundation. So I'm just really passionate about that and excited to be here and just keeping on, keeping on. Okay. So, you know, sometimes when I was in the classroom, the kids would say, well, what are feelings? And they basically knew happy, sad, mad. Yeah. And it's just, and there's so many more feelings and kind of, you and I have talked about it. We won't get into it. There's kind of a difference between emotions and feelings. Um, emotions are a sensation in our body and a feeling is what we name that. But I think I'll start how I teach seven, seven-year-olds about their brain. So in the amygdala, I love that. So everyone listening, it's Dan Siegel. So here's our, our brain, this side. So Kathy knows this too. And um, I was teaching it wrong. So now I got it right. But if you open it up, right? So it's like, go down and right here in the front. So my forehead, prefrontal cortex, I just tell the kids that's the boss of your brain. It makes all the decisions. 
what you ate in the morning, if you got to dress yourself, those kinds of things. And the whole top of it is a cortex, but when you open it up and in the middle, we have what we call our amygdala, if I'm doing it right, Kathy knows it, back here is my amygdala. And that's kind of where I tell them where all their feelings are, that kind of protects us. It kicks in with danger and fight or flight kicks in. In front of that is the hippocampus, so memories. And I'll tell the kids, notice how that hippocampus, which they think is funny because they want to say hippopotamus. So kind of funny. I'll say that's why when you have a memory, it's connected to a feeling. So it'll be there with the amygdala. And then it comes down the brain stem where you have your breathing, your heart rate, all of that. So we'll close her back up. And basically what happens, like if there's a loud noise or I hear somebody yelling, my lion, my amygdala starts to wiggle. And then that emotion or feeling I might feel in my body. So let's say my brother took my toy that I was playing with. And now my body says, Ooh, I'm angry. And my heart starts to beat really fast. And you might like your brain can't control that feeling, the prefrontal cortex. And we call it like I flipped my lid. And that's when you get somebody that might hit, kick or scream. So I really start with kids explaining the brain part first. And after that, then I talk about like the feeling part. Is that kind of how you talk the brain, Kathy? It was. When, when I did my group, I relied on Shelly a lot, but I will have to say I did it a little different. And so the kids called us out. So we had to make sure we were doing it the exact way. But yes, I talked to him about that because sometimes you could just put your fist up and I would go like this and the kids would know either I'm getting a little frustrated or it's okay to calm down, take a break. We're going to do some breathing. Yeah. A little meditation. It's a great way. Like when I first started teaching it and I, I did that my first year, I would have parents call or other counselors and say, what is this amygdala? My child is saying it's not their fault. It's the amygdala's fault. And that's when I went, okay, back up. You're still responsible for what you do when you flip your lid. And then kind of after I teach them the brain, um, when we talk about feelings and emotions, I'll tell them, let's start to train your brain. So when you have a big emotion and you're feeling sad, I want you to try your best to stop and pay attention. What is happening around me that's causing my stomach to feel upset right now? Sometimes little kids think I have this upset stomach and I'm sick, but that is the amygdala saying, no, I'm sad or I'm really nervous and then for them just to go, okay, what's happening around me? How am I reacting to this? I have a headache. I have a stomach ache. My fists are getting really tight. So it's like drops in the bucket at this age, but I think it's good. Well, I think what's good about that, Shelly, is because sometimes kids will, I'm getting mad, but they don't understand nervous. They don't really understand the feeling of embarrassed. They just put those words on it, like mad and sad happy, you know, if, they, if that's their feeling. So, you know, I, what I have found is it's really good. And, and of course, with your help to teach kids, those different feelings, that frustration, you know, and, and we even started off with comfortable and uncomfortable because I hated for them to say good, you know, that these aren't good feelings. 
I like that because I think what's really important there is when we use the word good and bad or even positive and negative, because we take on that feeling. So if I'm angry and that's a bad feeling, then I'm a bad person for feeling angry. So all feelings are, are okay, but some of them are comfortable and I like those feelings. And then there's feelings that are uncomfortable and I, and I don't like them. And sometimes kids don't even know they're having a feeling because it's triggered something from way in their past, which is probably another podcast. <laughs> yes. But yeah, to just name more than those basic feelings. And so that kids know how to communicate. And that's the other thing that is really hard. And it's hard to take the time to listen, but we need to listen to kids as they communicate how they're feeling so we can help them put words to it. You Absolutely. Know? Because even as adults, there are times that you just, you sort of blow and you don't really stop and think about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. It is true. And I started like, you know, getting ready for the school year. So I'm trying to read more, listen to more podcasts. And I was listening or reading today. I can't remember where, but sorry for that. But it was talking about in the classroom as a teacher, all I really have to do is validate the feeling. Sometimes um, this classroom teacher was even saying, I feel like if I talk about it, it'll keep them in that state and go, well, just don't think about that. That's upsetting. Or even as a parent where I can say, wow, yeah, you do look really upset and that's okay to be upset. But let's see what I can do to or different things like that. Okay. And Shelly, as I was reading and and researching for this, I found something, and of course I've learned a lot, but something about a 90 second rule or a 90 second time limit. Yeah. It's uh, interesting because the research says like the brain, so the emotion, which is the sensation in my body, the brain is managed full cycle of only 90 seconds. But when I still have that anger or whatever I labeled, what I noticed in my body, that can continue on for minutes or an hour if I allow my thoughts to keep it continuing. So I'm still kind of figuring all that out myself too, because we just use emotions and feelings together. And yet you can't separate them because they work together. But I think that's interesting that the brain is biologically, if I'm correct, for only 90 seconds. Right. That's why it's so important for little people to go, what is happening around me? How am I reacting? I can name it. Because once I name it, I think this is Dan Siegel too, then I can tame it. And then I can go, okay, what do I have to do now to manage this feeling so I can feel in control of what's happening around me? Right. And I had read somewhere um, analogy would be like waves, yeah. how they go up and they crest and they go down and how that's sort of how our feelings are all day long, whether you're a child or an adult, we just Absolutely. continually all day long, they, they crest. Um, I know that sometimes when kids would get really upset, we would try that breathing method, mm-hmm. but I know there are other ways too, Shelly. Because I know you teach my kids or you talk to students different ways to calm down, calm their brain down, calm their whole body down. 
Can you talk about some of those? Sure. And, you know, I always love the breathing one. And of course, the more we can practice that when we're regulated, we'll be able to use it, not all the time, use it right away. The part with deep breathing or diaphragmic breathing is it can feel uncomfortable to do, you know, babies, like we were talking earlier, just do it naturally to calm their nervous system down. But, um, you know, if a kid's not getting the breathing and it's deep mouth, hold it and then breathe out three seconds. So I always keep trying to do that with kiddos, but then I also talk about, um, you know, if you're able to stop, notice what's around you and you're upset. And if you can change your thought, you know, it's kind of hard at this age, but we plant the seeds. Okay. I'm going to think of something else, my happy place, or I figured this out on my own and I teach it to the kids too. Like in high school, I did theater and I would always get so nervous before I went on stage that I would start squeezing my toes, like in my shoes. And then I would just breathe and then I'd release. And for whatever reason, I did that on my own. And now you start seeing the research. So some kids I'll be like, just start making a fist, try to breathe in and let it go. So it's just trying to get the tension up and releasing it, or they can grab the bottom of their chair. Like they want to lift the chair off the ground and then relax it or, you know, just start drawing and calm or if they like music to listen to music or. Yeah. I know that in the classroom and of course that's a lot different um, than in at home because at home you can let them have their breaks and things. But I know if a child would just have a meltdown most of the time, what they wanted to do is get out of the room as quickly as they could. And I understand that just because of the, they need their space if they also don't want everybody watching. So I always tried to, I just, I didn't give a timer. There were times where they said, give a timer and they come back in in a certain amount of time, but I just found it best. And most kids did not take advantage of it. You just say, when you're ready, come on back in. And when I get a break, we can talk about it, whatever it is. But I think the biggest thing is like you said, validate, just validate their feelings. I understand you're feeling this way. I understand things can go wrong because we have that, you know, we, we, as adults, that's what happens to us. I think where people feel like, well, if I validate their feeling and validating the behavior, and that's not true. You're just acknowledging and validating that they're angry and then they can feel heard. And it's correct. You know, I am really upset and as an adult, I'm able to leave this situation, I can. So I like that, you know, you said that to kids. The other part is you have a kid that takes advantage of it, then you just have a conversation later. And you're like, okay, we're gonna have to use a timer. And you come back. And then if they come back and they're like, I'm still not ready, okay, five more minutes or whatever. But there's always, you can have conversations with kids too. Sure. And I think that's what we forget many times is to have conversations with children. Yeah. Um, and so this is directed towards kids. So I think we've, we've hit on a few things that they can do to help them. The one thing I was going to walk or talk about, because sometimes kids, some kids are really good at, at this body language and some kids really aren't, you, they just can't determine it. And I would say that's adults are that way also, but what I've noticed, and we'll talk about body language is that the more we show children 
the better they become. By the end of the year, they are able to self-regulate much better than by the beginning of the year is yeah. if we teach them. It's, it's another skill that needs to be taught. But we can talk a little bit about body language. Absolutely. And again, I like how you know, we teach other subjects. Yes. So, and you can't, I was somewhere and it was like, well, just review their calming steps. And I'm like, we just don't talk about reading. I have to practice reading. So the same thing like with body language, showing pictures, you know, my face like angry and you have them make an angry face or you show like the face says a lot, like am I smiling? Am I surprised? Also talk about making sure to ask someone. So if my hands are like this, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, the person's feeling mad, but maybe I'm just cold. So it's always to say, you know, are you feeling angry? Nope, I'm feeling cold. Or to really pay attention to, like you said, not only the face, but the arms. Am I close to somebody? Am I away from somebody? Like on the playground, if the person or the kid is moving away from you, their body is saying, I don't want to be near you right now. And then, you know, that other kiddo is upset and keeps going at them when it's like, hey, their body is saying not right now. Right. And sometimes kids like to nurture Yes. And they may not want to be nurtured at that particular point in time. Um, and that goes for adults. You know, sometimes you put your hand on a child and they don't really want that. They just want their space. Yeah. And to always ask, you know, can I put, I'm going to put my hand on your back. But some other things I do is I'll talk to kids about their own body. Like when you're sad, how does your throat feel, you know, versus when you're angry, mine feels the same, but I'll tell them like, if I'm sad, I get this lump in my throat and they're like, oh yeah, I do too. And I'm like, that is that sensation. You're amygdala. Or when I get really mad, you know, my face gets red and sometimes I start to see yellow. That's when I flipped that far, which doesn't happen a lot anymore. How are your eyes? Are they blurry? Do they sting? Am I breathing fast or slow? So it's all of those things. In your body and your body language and your body awareness yes just knowing you know sort of knowing how your body's reacting and and i know sometimes we have stomach aches a lot yeah and it's um a lot of that's nervousness mm-hmm. and different things so all right shelly well thank you for being on today and i am so grateful that you were with me. And I'm so grateful that I was able to work with you for the past eight years. I think I said five, but I lose track of time. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice. (laughs) So for all you kids that are listening, please remember you are kids and you just need to be kids. So I'm Kathy Kerr until we meet again, friends, have a wonderful day. Want more episodes? Check out our parent podcast, Angels and Awakening. Beautiful souls, if you're super excited to develop your own intuition, go to theangelmedium.com and become an angel member today. Angel membership is for the whole family. Parents get access to hundreds of hours of past course content, new intuitive development circles, events, small groups, and more. And now kids get access to spiritual workshops, pre-recorded energy healings, and live events just for them. Start today at theangelmedium.com. 
And if you're the family who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, kids ages 14 and up can now enroll in my Angel Reiki School with a parent. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to start your own family business. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com. Details are in the show notes. Now, do you want to do an exercise with me? Imagine God is pouring unconditional love through the top of your head. This unconditional love fills your body with yummy, shimmering energy from head to toe. So much so that God's love begins to radiate out from your entire body, from your heart, like rays of energy radiating out from the sun. Imagine God's infinite, unconditional love flows from your heart to everyone you love, to everyone in your school, to everyone listening to this podcast, and back to you. Your angels remind you they're always looking out for you, guiding you, directing you, protecting you. Talk to God and your angels all day long and listen to your heart for the positive, loving messages they have just for you.